You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Good morning, and thank you for joining me for The Scoop with Tanya Flanagan. I'm so happy you decided to wake up and start your day with me. Here on The Scoop, where we talk about life, joy, funny moments, trending topics, and so much more. We promise to keep you in the know and find out what you know. So, let's get started. Good morning, Las Vegas, and welcome to another edition of The Scoop. I'm your host, Tanya Flanagan. I'm delighted to be here this morning. I have two fantastic guests with me this week. I might like to welcome to the show Camila Bywaters and Tracy Lewis. Welcome, ladies. How are you this morning? Thank you so much I'm for great. having us. I'm doing great. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Trace, well, today we're going to talk a little bit about what they do in the community centered around, um, on one hand, education. And in an overarching space, um, their efforts to impact equality. Uh, These are two very delightful women that I've had the pleasure of meeting. I've known Tracy for a a long time. Actually, we go back so far that our mothers um, grew up in the same town in the South, a small place called Quitman, Mississippi. So I have had ties to Tracy that I didn't even know I had before I met her. And then I had the pleasure of reading, of meeting Camila recently in her efforts and work with Tracy. Um, so you guys are part of the organization I'm most familiar with, and I know you wear a number of hats. But for me, it is the um, what we affectionately call LAVAPSBE, which stands for the Las Vegas Alliance of Black School Educators. So as I mentioned, we're going to be talking a little bit this morning about education equality, um, things of that along those lines, and just where their passion comes from. So, uh, Camila, you are the president of the Las Vegas Alliance of Black School Educators, and Tracy, you're the vice president. Um, can one of you talk about what the organization is, what you do, and um, what pulled you into to education? Sure. Tracy, do you want, you want to start or you want me to roll in? I'll let you start since you're the president. Go for it. (laughs) Thank you. Well, the Las Vegas Alliance of Black School Educators, um, better known as LAVAPSI, was started in 1989 in Las Vegas. And Tracy and I have reorganized the organization a couple times, one time in 2010 and then again in 2020. Um, The purpose of the organization is to really support our students and Um, teachers and community and educational space, but we are specifically concerned and um, have a deep passion for um, students of African and um, um, students of African descent and um, Black students who are typically underrepresented and marginalized in educational spaces. Wow. Okay. Well, that is, um, I love that focus. Um, And I know, you know, there's a conversation out there that all kids need and all kids do need. But I I do um, understand and respect campaigns and platforms that target specific groups because of the underrepresentation Um, and because it's your area of passion. Tracy, 
Um, as I mentioned when I was first talking about you, our mothers go back. And when I first moved here, I was actually a reporter for the Review Journal. And one of the people that I met was your mom, Marzette Lewis. And what was really cool, what is really cool is that um, she was a true champion for equality in education. And you clearly have been touched by the bug. But anyone who isn't familiar with Marzette, with your mom, there is a special collection um, or a special set of papers, I should say, called the Marzette Lewis Papers and the um, universities here, right here at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, in special collections and archives, you can take a look at the Marzette Lewis papers, which chronicle and capture um, her work from her span here when she moved here um, from 1970 to roughly 2011. And it, it, it's just a huge thing. So growing up around an activist, is that what brought you into this education space? with Camila? Um, so let me uh, just kind of back up for a minute with my mother, well, with my family, because there are two sisters that were activists that started out with Ruby Duncan and a number of other women with the welfare rights. So my mother's history goes way back um, to the 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, when they started moving here from Mississippi, when they started migrating from down south to Las Vegas, Nevada, to help build the city that, that we now know, or historic West Las Vegas. But um, one of my mother's um, sayings and mottos was, I won't let up, I won't give up, and I won't shut up until we all wake up. And we're basically still at that point um, in 2023. And she was saying that, you know, over 30 plus years ago, that as a community and as a group of people, um, that we needed to pay attention to what was happening with all of our children. Um, my mother was a foster parent. Uh, she worked with children with disabilities, um, with the foster care uh, system, with all ethnicities. So by no means was she a racist because I know that statement has been put out there. So I did want to clarify the record. And before I go any further, I want to say that I will always honor the ancestors and the great late Marzette Lewis, who passed away last year um, in March, um, and also Senator Joe Neal, who um, helped my mother and my aunt Mary Wesley, who people did not know were sisters, um, to get their start here in Las Vegas. My mother was one of the first black cocktail waitresses. Um, she was one of the first blacks that started down at Chow Haven. Um, she met Mr. Monfort, who we all know as Assembly Monfort. She has a long line of history with a number of people. I'm here in the community with all of our electeds um, and things of that nature. So my, my activism comes from that. I was have always been behind the scenes with her. Um, and Deborah Jackson and Beatrice Turner, uh, Anthony Snowden, Lucille Bryant, Mother Tolan, Helen Tolan, for those who does, don't know. Um, Linda Howard, who uh, should be given more credit than what she has been given. But um, to tie all of that in with Wake Up and with the NAACP of the past, um, they got a lot of things accomplished and done in historic West Las Vegas. They got the 
first elementary school built um, with Lavapsi, which was H.P. Fitzgerald. Um, and now, was that, um, that, a question for you, was that the magnet school? Because I know there was some conversation about, um, and then I want to bring, um, I love the history of how things have evolved, and I want to hear more, and I want listeners to hear more about what you guys are doing today and how they can engage around um, education, families, children, and the things you guys are working on now. But was it, was Fitzgerald, I read that um, your mom was instrumental in the first magnet school being established. Was that that school, or are we talking about two no. different things? We're talking about two different things. Okay. Um, so the two first magnet schools, or the three first magnet schools that came out of that fight were Mabel Hogarth, which is a math and science, CVT Gilbert, and Joe Mackey. Those three elementary schools were our first three magnet schools that came out of that fight. Um, High Park was the middle school, and K.O. Knudsen was the, the two middle schools that came out of that fight that converted to, to magnet. So th- there were five magnet schools that were converted at that time. H.P. Fitzgerald came on as a neighborhood school, um, and then Dr. Charles I. West came on as a middle school because there had not been a middle school in West Las Vegas. And then there was the fight for a traditional vocational high school that has yet to take place in our community. Um, for the listeners, there has been like a lot of talk of how things happen, you know, where schools have been slated and then things took place and they weren't built. Um, but we have a number of vocational schools and high schools and traditional trades and vocationals that came out of the advocacy of those folks from back in the day. So we have some broad shoulders that um, that we're definitely standing on. Um, looking at how rich the history is for the community and with regard to the educational front, what are you guys, um, How can who can engage with you? Is your organization... Um, working for educators, so therefore open to educators only? Um, do you engage across just Joe um, Smith Citizen to participate in the process? A mom who has kids in the school district, that kind of thing. Like, who can, who can get involved with your organization? That, that's a great question. Um, the Levapsi is open to students. Students can become members. Um, their families, parents can come mem- become members, guardians, teachers, administrators, um, and anyone who is a stakeholder in education or who loves to support education is welcome to be involved with our organi- organization as a member. And we also serve each of these um, unique individuals. Um, if they need help or support within the school system, we do come and support um, parents and their, and their students. Um, and for example, we have parents that call who have issues with their with their child being expelled. So we attend schools on their behalf. We attend meetings on their behalf with with the families to try to get some type of solutions for the problems that um, students are having. We also get calls from administrators within um, the school system, specifically the Clark County School District. So anyone who is having an issue with um, educational or is having educational challenges, can reach out to Levapsi, and we support um, whether or not you're a member or not, that does not matter. 
we will come out and support whatever your issues are. Um, we also do help. I know we talk a lot about the Clark County School District, but we do help um, throughout private schools if there's challenges happening there or even within the charter schools. Oh, that is good to know. I don't I, I think I realized that, but I also want to make sure people really know who you are. So um, the work you do speaks volumes um, for itself, and it's obviously centered on education and it's very important and impactful. But you are yourself. Are you an, you're an educator? Tell us a little bit about your personal resume, um, Camilo. You know, what's your story? Sure. Um, I am a licensed educator. I'm a licensed special education teacher. And I followed in my dad's footsteps, who recently passed away about three years ago. He was an educator, and he was a special education teacher, and he was an advocate for not only his students, but also for my family as we went through our educational um, journey. Um, I'm currently working on my PhD at UNLV in education. So education has always been a part of who I am and it, it really is an honor to be able to give back in this space. And I got started with Levapsi because of the challenges that myself and other teachers were having at Canyon Springs High School when I had first started teaching. And I saw firsthand just the discrimination, um, the ageism that was happening within the school system, the retaliation that happened within the school system. So that's when Tracy introduced me to Levapsi and also, I do want to give um, honor to um, Jennifer, um, Jennifer Lee at the time, who also was in influential in organizing this um, organization before she passed away. Um, but I was introduced to Levapsi, um from um, these two wonderful ladies who um, have inspired me to do this work and to continue because of the injustices that we faced during our time working at Cannon Springs High School. Wow, that's quite the journey um, to be in the space that you're in now. I know when I came here, I mentioned um, I met Tracy's mom. So her her role model, yours being your dad, I think it's it's it is beautiful that both of your parents um, have created the legacy that they have through you to continue the work um, in the community to help families because it's a very selfless space, and we. Those of us who do community service, who are diehard community servants, understand um, the need to to continue to try and to strive. Um, so I want to say thank you for what you do. We were in a meeting um, at Charles I. West, and I remember sitting there, and one of them was at Charles I. West. Another one was, was at um, the Pearson Center, and I had gone to this community meeting. And one of the elected um, representatives for the, the neighborhood was kind of hosting a community forum on education, if you will. And as I listened to people go over the things that concerned them, I was really shocked and saddened because things people were upset about were the same things people were upset about 20 years before when I was in my reporting space. And I actually was on occasion covering Wake Up, the group that Marzette had started. As a reporter, I was covering the issues that they were bringing to the forefront. And a lot of those issues were the same. They were talking about um, supplies in classrooms, um, student-to-teacher ratios, equity in pay, equity in promotion, um, all of those things. So, um, Camila, although we might get into this at another time, I know you and Tracy have often had many conversations from the strategic standpoint of representation and I was looking at your social space and I saw that you are 
um, looking at going for the district E seat for the school board. Yes, I am. I'm putting my name in the hat. I am running for the Board of School Trustees, District E. That area is Summerlin, some of Springs um, some of the area around Charleston, because Bonanza High School is one of the schools that I would represent if I'm elected, and um, some of the Blue Diamond area. Okay. Um, I want to say congratulations to you because it's a huge thing to step into uh, the political arena and, you know, just to... uh, up the ante, if you will, on what your service looks like. And that level of commitment takes quite, quite the person. You guys also, Tracy, you, before we do move on from talking about um, the political space, is there anything that you um, have ever thought about doing or thinking about doing in that space too, or something along those lines or working on a campaign or something? So, um, Yes, I have not made an official announcement. I have just uh, put it, you know, been saying it to different ones that I am looking at District C running for uh, that particular seat. And I've ran in the past for school board. Um, So this time it's going to be different. Um, There are a few of us looking at District C seat right now currently, Um, but I will be coming out with a formal announcement here in the near future well i you heard it first on the scoop um a couple of people looking at school board and thinking about where they're going to make some um some changes and some some uh, inroads and so we'll keep our eyes open and our ears peeled to see what comes um you two ladies also are in another space the national association of equal justice in america of equality um justice in america and I wanted to talk a little bit about that as well, what it is, how it works and what you do, because you represent the state chapter, or you work with the state chapter. So you're juggling a lot in the advocacy space. How do you do it all? Like, what does a day look like or a week or a month in the life? Super busy. <laughs> um, Tracy, if you want to talk about how we um, were involved in NASIA, So we got involved with NASIA through um, Dr. Reverend um, Gideons, Raymond Gideons, um, who asked us to spearhead it here with him in Las Vegas. And the national chapter is out of California. And it's basically just like any other uh, social justice organization. Um, But their tie-in is more with the EEOC. So when individuals are having issues on their jobs with employment, we have direct contact and resources with them. Um, But they are out on the battlefield, such as the NACP, um, NAN, um, and all of the other social justice organizations that are out there. And they are a national organization um, as well. But they, they do come in from the space of the EEOC. Okay. So um, how long have they been here? How long have you been working with them? And how long have they been um, present either here in Nevada or just on a national level? Do you know? Um, I've, we've been involved with them for about two years now um, at the level that we've been in been involved with it, but they've been here for a while through Reverend Gideon's and some of the uh, ministers in the historic West Las Vegas community. Uh, But I know we've been with them for at least two years. 
Okay, so you guys are doing some amazing things. I mean, you are so busy and spread all over. Um, when you're not doing this work, I'd love to know um, when you have this type of responsibility, what do you do when you're unwinding and you're not, you know, how do you take a break? I mean, what is that? What is that like? Do you do you ever take a break? Camila well, Tracy. For me, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's see. For me, you know, I, I have two small children, so I don't know if I really get a break. <laughs> and I'm also working on my dissertation at the same time. You are busy. You say on. you were getting a doctorate in education. So now we have yes. added to the mix two kids, yes. a doctorate yes. in education, president of an alliance that represents black educators, and um, also work with an equal justice organization. You are doing um you are busy do you sleep yes. do you do you sleep um i i try to so <laughs> i do get some sleep but like my calendar is filled and, and i'm old school so i have just i have a calendar that i can actually write in because if i put it online or on the uh, on virtual calendar i will miss everything and my calendar is literally full all month and that's okay, though, because it keeps me busy, and I really enjoy um, working in the community and being part of the community and supporting the families that we support. And um, one thing that I think is important that our community understands is that we we work hard to build relationships. Um, we've built relationships with our elected officials locally, um, including our Congress representatives and our state representatives. We've also... Um, um, built relationships with the U.S. Department of Education and the Nevada Department of Education and also our um, EEOC. So it is important that we um, build relationships that we can support our community in the best way that we can. I'm glad you talked about that. One of the things I think, am, am I correct? You Did you do Emerge? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, I am the, um, part of the 2022 cohort. 2022 cohort of Emerge. So Emerge is, for those who are not familiar, because I don't want to just throw things out into the universe and people have no idea where they are. So Emerge, for those who are not, is a political training. Um, It's really, it's billed as a, I guess, if you will, a political training um, workshop that spans about eight weeks or six months. I think it's about six months. Yeah, it goes from like January to June, usually. And it's for women, uh, women who are supporters of the Democratic Party or Democratic platform. But it's not so much even that it's about the political training as much as it's about the relationships. And I think it's about self-discovery. And I can say that because I'm an alumni of the 2019 cohort of Emerge. And I remember you called me and you said, Tanya, do you think I should do Emerge? And I said, you absolutely. I thought both of you should do it um, for personal development reasons, which is why part of why I did it. I wanted to do something for myself, a lot of times as women, we are mothers, we are wives, we're sisters, we're daughters, all these different roles we play. Um, and because we have so many titles, we stretch ourselves very thin and we don't have that much time for, our, for, for ourselves as individuals. And so when I decided to do Emerge, part of it was understanding more about the political landscape, but also just understanding more about myself and pouring into me. And I think organizations and opportunities like that for women are um, invaluable. They're almost priceless. And when you said relationships, it made me think about it because it was one of the relationships that we have together. Um, What's your takeaway on 
on that personal development piece because you have the organizations. How do you pour into people to get them to pour back into you? Oh, goodness. You know, I do want to say that I have a list of top tens and my list of top tens are things or people or experiences in my life that have really shaped me and influenced or helped me to become a better person and emerge. My emerge experience was one of those experiences that have really, truly changed me. And um, I I recommend for anyone who's interested to really um, uh, immerse themselves in some type of training, but definitely looking to emerge. Um, Pouring into um, myself, you know, Tracy and I, we talk literally every day. So if I can't find the energy to seek empowerment to myself, I know that Tracy is always there. My family is always here to provide me support and um, to pour into me. But I've always had, I have grown up to be, and my dad really instilled this into me, that I have to always be there for myself. If no one else in the world is going to be there for me, I have to learn to pour into myself as well. So I do, um, you know, um, speak affirmations to myself and, you know, try to stay positive and encouraged despite the challenges that um, may go on around me. As you sit there looking at, you know, whatever's left in that cup of coffee that you have sitting there in front of you, um, what's one thing you would share with someone to help other women have balance? Because you guys are a juggling act. It's like you're tossing the ball back and forth and hoping that it doesn't drop on the ground because you guys have so much on your plate. So you're just trying to keep everything in the air. What What's the one thing that you would say to someone to maintain balance? To have balance, and I'd definitely be interested to hear Tracy's point of view as well, but to have balance, you have to, for me, I think it's really important to have a few people who are in your circle, who can hold you accountable, and who you can vent to when you need to vent, and to always keep your family close. I think that that would be my um, recommendation for balance. I like that circle of accountability, a comfortable place to vent and keeping family close. Tracy, what, what's your balance? Um, at this point in my life, it's self-care um, because you do pour into so many people. I um, mean, there are some people, you know, um, that we keep around us and, and I don't want to be redundant, but basically most of what um Camilla said is true. We keep a small circle of people who are going to hold us accountable. Um, and, and then we are amongst each other um, all the time at the hips for the most part. But at the end of the day, it's self-care because if you're not healthy or well, you're not going to be healthy or well to help others. I 100% support that as well. Um, we are coming to the close of our time together this morning, so I want to thank you for spending uh, the morning with me, and I hope you enjoyed your tea and coffee and the conversation. I know you're out there on social. I want to make sure that when people hear things on the scoop, they can tap into it um, after. So, uh, ladies, take your turns and just let us know how we can get social with you, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you might be. What are those handles? Okay, awesome. So for me, Camila Bywaters, all of my social media handles are Camila Bywaters, and that's K-A-M-I-L-A-H, Bywaters, B-Y-W-A-T-E-R-S. 
And then our Lavapsi page is um, the Las Vegas Alliance of Black School Educators. And also, if you just Google Camila Bywaters and Tracy Lewis, we'll also come up on the Internet and you can find um, you can reach out to us and find us that way as well. Thank you, Tracy. Anything you want to add to that? Um, so I don't have as many social media handles as Camilla. I'm just my little Facebook person. I just go on there and do my little thing. So it's under Tracy Sinet or Tracy Lewis. And then if folks want to reach out to me, they can give me a call at 702-812-8971. And they can reach me via uh, by text. Thank you. Um, ladies, I hope you have enjoyed the time. I've known you both for a while and I feel um, privileged to have your friendship and your this relationship with you to tap into and, and stay um, informed about education and what's happening to families and children in, in the school district and just in the city and why it's so important to engage with our kids around education and build them up for the future. So I want to say thank you for the work that you do. Thank you for joining me this morning. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. And I hope everyone who tuned in um, found some valuable nugget to take away with you today as we end the show. Have a wonderful week. I want to thank you for tuning in to The Scoop with me, Tanya Flanagan. And I want to invite you to get social with me. I'm on Facebook and Twitter. My name is my handle, T-A-N-Y-A-F-L-A-N-A-G-A-N. You can also find me on Instagram at Tanya Almanize Flanagan. And if you have a thought, an opinion, or a suggestion, don't hesitate to shoot me an email to tanya.flanagan at unlv.edu. Thanks again for joining in. Stay safe and have a great week.